If I had to choose one word for today's episode, it would be calming. And don't we all need a little calm in our lives right now? Danielle Ireland, today's guest, who's also a licensed therapist and speaker, shared about her expedition of how she chose to create her own position and design a life she loved. Even after professional dancing and acting, which actually fell into her lap very early on, she had an oh, I'm going to say oh shoes moment, as my sister-in-law likes to say, but she says it a little differently and I love it. Um, But that led her to unpacking her ego and learning and leaning into her call. And we hear this topic of calling all the time now, and I think so many people see it as just white clouds and rainbows, but there's a lot to it. She actually explains how she went through this season of falling in love with her husband. And during that time, she realized that there was a light in that experience that she was missing in the other areas of her life. And I just love that understanding. And if you are operating at any point today and you realize when you go into one realm of your being or one situation that there's abundant light and then you walk right into the next room of your life and the next activity of your life and the light is removed, there is so much analysis to take place during that time, just as she did. So that searching experience of of finding light led her to many other positions and hobbies and developments, which led her career um, that she's in right now. And that consulting space that led her to where she is as a therapist, she discovered a route serving people on the surface level of you know transformation and for me sometimes even in business i always hear that there is a deeper route which then propels us into unpacking the next space of mindset of heart set of spiritual set and so danielle does that and she explains it so beautifully and we both use that word vulnerable and authentic, which is through our own mentor, Brene Brown, which we talk about in this episode as well. So I just encourage you to journey with us in this time of calm as we discuss real life fail forward moments that brought our today into clarity and enjoyment. And as you hear us unpack at the end of the show, we talk to you that we are both open books and you guys are so welcome to just DM us, send us a message. What resonates with you? We would love you to also pop over to our subscribe and reviews she also has a podcast so that's why i'm saying both of us because hers is don't cut your own bangs which is amazing we unpack the idea in this episode and i actually am a guest on hers as well so please just be a friend in this really live out community well not by comparing but instead by sharing subscribe and review to both of our podcasts and and like i said dm us we're here we're real people we're not just a microphone so we look forward to getting to know you and we hope that this blesses you and and create calm in your own life. This is your God wink, the moment that heaven says for such a time as this. It's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering if you're wondering, what is this? Well, This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, 
Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. Thank you so much for having me. So my name is Danielle Ireland, and I am the host of the podcast, Don't Cut Your Own Bangs. And the the heart of the podcast is it's the remedy to comparison and feeling like everyone has it figured out but you. And for for me, when I came up with the title, it just kind of came to, I, I thought about wanting to create a podcast for about six months before I knew what I wanted to call it. And it just, once I knew the heart of what I wanted the message to be, which is essentially, you're not alone. We all make mistakes. For example, like, bad bangs. <laughs> We've a lot a lot of us know what that's like, but really it's become a metaphor for um, taking leaps of faith in relationships or taking leaps of faith professionally and falling flat on your face. And then there's nothing worse than that feeling of making a mistake and feeling like, oh my gosh, it's it's only me. This has only happened to me. I'm the only one who's done this. And then we sort of bury that secret deep and we keep it shameful and hidden. And so for me, when I bring that truth into the light and when I acknowledge it, accept it, embrace it and share it, not only do I find do I feel better, but usually there's a lot, a lot of laughter involved <laughs> because we that that shared sort of soul to soul, heart to heart recognition of, oh my gosh, I have so been there. And so that's the heart of the podcast. And then the, the work that I do apart from the podcast is I work as a, I'm a clinical counselor. So my license is a licensed clinical social worker and I have my own therapeutic practice where I see clients. And so that work involves a lot of listening and reflecting and the podcast is where I get to do a lot more talking. <laughs> so I, I, Yes, it's it's really fun. And prior to that, I have a background in performance and I was a ballroom dance instructor for seven years. So because I actually didn't know what a I didn't fully understand the scope of what being a social worker meant until I started researching the graduate degree that I was going to go for. I didn't, was it, do I want to go into psychology, psychiatry? What's the difference? And so like the psychology, psychiatry, just to kind of break that down, psychiatrists prescribe medica medication. They're actually a medical doctor, psychologist. They it's, they're more research-based. So kind of like biology, psychology, the study of the science of, and then with the, in the umbrella of sort of graduate level degree therapists, you have licensed marital family therapists or LMFTs, licensed clinical social workers. There's also, I think, a couple of other acronyms I'm missing. But social workers work a lot in child protective services. They work a lot in nonprofit organizations. Sometimes they work on policy reform. They, they wear a lot of hats. And I, the reason why I picked the degree I, I knew I wanted to do two things. I wanted to create online programs and online tools, digital tools to help people take this sort of therapeutic self-discovery work home with them to make it as accessible as possible, um, which that's a longer term goal. And I knew to do that effectively, I had to actually work with people in a clinical one-on-one -on -one way to know how is that work going to translate effectively. And so knowing that I was kind of going into the work with two very specific goals, but also broad goals. I needed a degree that allowed me to essentially kind of learn a little bit of both. And so I, that's how I chose social work because they have what they call, um, well, it's sort of like a holistic approach to uh, the, their modalities They're They're looking at the person in the environment, not just what's presenting clinically or making a clinical diagnosis. And so it just seemed to fit, all the different things I wanted to do with it. And I will say that the most notable social worker that any of your listeners probably know is Brene Brown. She's, she's a clinical social worker and then got a PhD and that's where she wrote all of her books. 100% and she is so amazing. I, every time that she puts anything out, I'm like, grab it. Uh, I actually encouraged my husband. I'm like the, the personal help, like the, like the guru in that regard in our home. And mm -hmm. my husband is too, but in his own way, he doesn't read. So I'm the reader <laughs> and then I regurgitate and then he is the listener and he regurgitates. So one night I was like, babe, you have got to sit down and watch this with me. And I had already watched it. And so bring him in and he was just like, this is so good. This is so good. So many golden nuggets. So I, she, you know, clar clarifies herself or classifies herself under the research storyteller. And I just think that that title is so good because it takes that therapeutic side and then it comes into the research side, which I think that there's so much value to that. So I love that you actually essentially are pursuing it the same exact way because here we are like, and on your podcast, you're unpacking other people's stories 
stories and talking mm-hmm. about that. And then you're clearly doing it in a more of a research-based way in the actual office where it's more yeah. intimate, kind of hippo yeah, rules I, apply there. <laughs> no, you, yes, yes. And <laughs> yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. Like I would put her up there as one of my North stars of, okay, I, if she can do that with this degree, I can too. I just have to reimagine. It's, um, I think, Prior to going to school, I looked at, I think I looked at degrees um, and sort of certifications. I was looking for that permission to be worthy or a value to have room in a space or to really stake my claim in a space. And what I, what I've learned through just, you know, finding champions and people who have kind of blazed their own trail is I can make any opportunity happen pretty much where, where any, like starting wherever I am in life. But the opportunities that she has created for herself have not just come from her degree, but just because of what she's expounded upon just from that starting place. Cause it's just, yeah, she's inspiring to me for sure. She really is. Now she hasn't tapped into the e-course component. Has she like the online teaching? Does she she have that? She, that's a great question. She's got a couple of, she has a oh. certification program specifically for clinicians. So you have to be in the mental health space to take this program. I believe it's called the Daring Way. Um, it's one of my future future certification goals. But she also has, I believe, a, a course that anyone can take called Courage Works, I think. Ooh. I'm sure if, I'm sure if you visit her website, it's it's visible. I've, I've looked at that too. I haven't looked at it in a while, but I think it's called Courage Works. I don't know exactly how it's formatted, but I love, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of like Marie Forleo, um, her B school. I would love to, I mean, there's just a lot of people who have taken e-learning and really elevated it to something so beautiful and user-friendly. And I think that the mental health space could benefit from a tool like that too. I 100% agree. I actually have a girlfriend who does, she blends um, nutritional health and mental health Mm -hmm. and that's how she coaches and, 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 you know, brings her clients along the journey with her and her bringing Mm -hmm. into that e-course experience so needed. And because there is that component that you kind of touched briefly on is of that isolation and feeling completely alone in that emotion. And then also that shame and guilt. And, Mm -hmm. and you carry that in such a honestly secretive way that even to the forward facing community, even those completely close to you. And I can raise my hand to this, like my, even my husband, who just didn't even know the depths of the shame and guilt that I was experiencing as we were married and with children. And so as we came to the table and we came to the couch, if you will, um, uh, with our therapist and we started to unpack what that looked like. I mean, it was so eye-opening for both of us. Meanwhile, him being completely unaware of it, it th- he then carries shame and guilt around the fact that he didn't know me like fully, right? And yet we're here married. And so it feels almost like this tandem of push and pull when you're experiencing life with someone else and yet you're doing it in isolation. And so like, I'm always like prayerful of people coming together in union in any type of relationship they are. And, you know, Brene, our girl, authenticity and vulnerability, like the freedom in that is so, is so amazing. Yes. That's all really well put. Very true. Thank you. So explain to me, this is always where I love to go. Tell me how you got to where you are. So what journey, what path like led you, whether childhood, how did you know you wanted to do this? That's a great, great question. And it wasn't, um, I think one of the, one of the elements in my bio was I acknowledged that it was not a straight and narrow path. I think that I, for a long time, envied people who from childhood knew this was the thing I was meant to do. I'm meant to be a teacher. I'm meant to be a doctor. I'm meant to be a this, a this, a this. And I have always been a multi-passionate person. And I think for a long time, that internal dialogue or that internal narrative became that either I didn't have follow through, I didn't have clarity. Maybe I wasn't as ambitious as some. And it, I felt like there was something missing with me. And so I think to kind of encapsulate it a little bit concisely, the journey of my 20s was trying to find an identity that fit me. Oh, Mm. I'm the fashion person. I'm the Mm. dance person. I'm the this person. And what I would usually experience about three to four months in is there would be, after the newness would kind of wear off, there would be the elements about it that still appealed to me. But then I would feel another calling, like something was missing. I, I love how Disney and Pixar seem to just, they just 
they understand story so well, particularly the hero's journey, if anybody enjoys yep. Joseph Campbell's work. But like yeah. Moana's call out to sea, I would, you know, I would be three months into a job and I would feel that call out to something else and I would be like, ugh. Why can't I? I just want to. I just want to find my thing. I just want to find my thing. And what I learned after a lot of processes of stumbling and repeating and stumbling and repeating and trying to find a job that ticked all these boxes for me was each time I had to kind of repeat that same lesson. The lesson that kept being presented to me was one I wasn't wanting to hear, but I thankfully I eventually heard or understood was that oh, there's not going to be a job out there that I'm going to apply for that I'm not going to submit a resume to that's going to check this box for me. This is an opportunity mm-hmm. that I'll have to create. And it was mm-hmm. in that moment, equal parts. Is this, can I curse on this podcast or not? <laughs> yeah, you can curse. I call it an oh shit moment. Like it was, it was equal parts. It was like, as soon as I recognized oh my gosh, this is who I am. And this is, this is, this is who I am. And I have to create this opportunity within a millisecond was, Mm. oh shit, this is who I am. And I have to create this for myself. And so, um, I kind of recognized that truth and then I buried it on a shelf for a while. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I think when I was, to be honest, I think when I was teaching ballroom dance, for seven years like I I started to answer your question more directly I started commercial acting when I was 13 and then I pursued acting opportunities um through college like I got a couple of really great paid opportunities that were really fun and I thought this is what I'm going to do I'm going to be a performer it just Mm. you know it feeds everything I need and then when I was actually preparing to take the steps to uproot my life and move to Los Angeles and make that life happen I realized this isn't the environment I want to live in this isn't the world I want to live in. I loved, I loved the job, but everything else around the job was, was just not, just didn't feel right. And that was a deep, deep dose of like mm. humble pie. Mm. It was so it's good hard. way of putting it. Yeah. So hard. I mean, it really knocked me down and knowing what I know now, I'll, I probably very likely went through, I'll say about of depression coming home because I was not going to be that 22 year old coming home to mom and dad and that is exactly what happened and I was lost and I'll say that dance found me because actually mm. my both my parents met as ballroom dance instructors and wow. it, was, it was a family friend who owned the studio so when people hear it they think like well how ballroom how did that happen but it in my life in my world it was kind of a lateral move and so it allowed me to it was a very high energy job. It was fun. And also I'll say it fed my ego too, because it was cool to tell people that's what I did. But, but that ego fuel couldn't sustain me forever. And ultimately it didn't. And it was probably around year five that I really started to feel that call for something more, something else. And it wasn't really until I met the man that's now my husband that I realized in through the process of falling in love with him that I felt how good I felt with him in that relationship. And I realized that that sort of that light, that spotlight that that showed, I realized how the rest, how the the rest of my life wasn't lit up in the same way that this relationship was. It's like that contrast became clearer to me and I needed the rest of my life to match that. Otherwise I was going to put way too much pressure on him to make me happy. And so it was really probably about the first two years of our relationship that I really started to search for that thing, that whatever that thing was. And I tried a few different things. So I tried working in retail. I worked, I was a store manager for BCBG, Max Azria, if anybody knows that brand. And I thought, yes, I'm gonna love fashion, it. fashion, that's going to be it. Devil Wears Prada. Boom, boom. It's going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have the outfit. It'll be great. It was just, but it was, again, a two year process of a lot of different jobs. And then I thought, Oh, well, maybe I'll do consulting, some kind of consulting. I didn't know what that was. I created my own landing page website. I did B school, went through that whole process. And I thought I would help people figure out how to dress and makeup and stuff like that. And what I I'd only worked with maybe six people. But what I found consistent with each person was about the third, second or third time we would meet once they found the foundation they needed, or once they knew how to curl their hair the way that they wanted, or whatever it was that they were stuck on, they inevitably wanted to start talking about deeper things like, you know, I've just had my third baby and my husband and I haven't had sex in a year. And I want to feel beautiful again, or I have gained 30 pounds in 
the last year and I think I'm really depressed and I don't know what to, I don't know what to do about it. Like they, these women were starting to open up in a way that felt beyond the scope of what I could do, like how I could really show up for them. But the best way I could describe it was it just felt, and I don't mean that their pain or misery was exciting to me, but it was the the desire in me to be of service or to show up or to want to dive into this conversation with them. It That was really the moment that I, I realized, oh, all the things that I love to do, this is what they have in common. And I could kind of go back and trace it. And then I realized I need to go back to school. And I was, I think, 30 when I realized that. That's awesome that you like, you know, took you, you kept digging, you kept going. And you mentioned a couple times like that process of stumbling, which I love to call like failing forward, because without that, you would not be able to take ownership to those things that led you to the aha moment, the light bulb moment, the oh shit moment, whichever one you want to use. And for it to be able to, to speak to you for, for you to understand, okay, this is my calling. This is a part of of something deeper than me. And I think ultimately that's what calling is. And, and, it, and that word's kind of thrown a, around a lot, but it's the knowing that the purpose of your life and the plan of your life and what you're supposed to be doing on a consistent basis isn't just meant for you, isn't meant for the limelight for you to be teaching ballroom dancing and it to stroke the ego. It's to stroke and build the ego of those around us so that they too can exist in a lit world. And, and it's funny that you use that analogy of light because my word that I like love to do is ultimately I, I'm an illuminator, I call myself. And like I want to go into a room and since I was little, my dad would always be like, you love up a room and I took that through a majority of my childhood as as much as I love to hear it, it it was a weight it was something that like aired on the component of perfectionism and the need for achievement and I have to light up a room so those shameful and guilt moments that I had within me I had to suppress I had to hide because if I didn't light up the room who was I? And where's that identity factor? And that's what people needed me for, right? That's my purpose. So I have to be strong for these people. And it's realizing in the moments that you have had with these women or even men in the same existence is there's always a why. There's a why we want to curl our hair and put on makeup. There's a why that we want to own our fashion self. And there's a why we want to dance. But just like I take my clients through, and it sounds like you have this experience as well, is like, I go deeper. And like, what's the next level of the why? What's the next level of the why? What's the next level of the why? And going all the way back to that root identity of who we're intended to be. And that's the moment where you were like, I got to go to school so I can help these people realize that they have so much opportunity and, and truth in the fact that light exists and you are like serving it to them in your profession, which is so amazing. I love, I love that, that synergy that we both have in that regard. Yeah, it's, it's so, it's so true. And I love how you articulated to just several things in that. But the thing that I, I don't know if I, it became clear until now, or I've thought it and forgotten it, but that the, that moment of recognizing this, or, or even identifying this is, this is this, this is the next direction. I didn't have a clear vision of what that whole end goal was going to be. But it was like I found the breadcrumb trail back home. It was like I found like, oh, this is the this is the thing. And I think every time the truth is re-revealed to me, it feels like a recognition, not a discovery. It's like there's a difference between for me learning a brand new technique or being trained in a new modality or getting to know someone new. But what I love about storytelling, what I love about podcasting and what I love about therapy is that when the truth is revealed or brought into the light, it's a recognition. It's not a, it's like, oh yes, this is the thing that has been there the whole time. And it's such a grounded sort of rooted recognition and understanding that that I, the feeling I had before in trying to wear all these different identities that it felt like grasping and it, it wasn't coming through me or from me, but I was trying to adopt it. And it's so good. I, it's I love a, that. 
constant process though of re-recognizing rediscovering all all of that (laughs) i say always becoming because we are we're always becoming right and like Mm -hmm. that's an okay thing when you take it on as that and and know that you've never made it and we're never gonna make it even the grandiose vision that we have over our careers or our marriages or our children's lives or anything like there's never a moment where you say ah this is it. And if there is, you're, you missed it. You, you've honestly missed the whole point. Because, you know, there's um, this, this, you're talking about Disney before, and I think it's Disney. Crudes, have you heard of the Crudes movie? No. It's, it's, it, I don't know that it ever aired, like, magnitude-wise to the big screen. But my son, he's now seven, but since he was a toddler, just loved this movie that's now turned into, like, a Netflix series. And we don't watch <laughs> a lot of TV, but it's about, like, cavemen and their discovery that there's more to the world than these caves and that there's actually, like, a sun that exists. And there's one of the characters who is very much like my son. He even dressed up for him as Halloween when he was, like, a toddler. Um, he talks about chasing the light. And, and that's the whole point of what we're saying like we should always be chasing the light because there's there's never a component to as far as east is from the west that we should ever find that discovery and and i think that's the most beautiful thing about living and the most exciting thing about living is that there's there's more to it and when we get stuck in these places of shame or guilt or so many other emotions i keep going back to that because it's something i can really identify with but if you get stuck in the limiting beliefs that you're not capable that you're not worthy, that you're not lovable. Uh, Any of these places that are common, they're common. It's not a place of isolation. And that's the most beautiful thing about being able to to speak your truth and to know that there's other people that are going to catch you in that spoken word and that that expression of, of self. Even in depression and anxiety, you're not isolated there. And so... Right, It's like knowing through your e-course that you're going to one day develop to express (laughs) that with people and to know that there's a community building opportunity. Oftentimes therapy is done in isolation even. Mm -hmm. And and people know, yeah, sure, maybe she goes to see a therapist, but I still wouldn't share necessarily what was happening. But as I started to like unfold and unenvelope and like, guys, this is what I learned through this. And like, I go and I consistently need to go and you should go and we should go and like all the things everyone should be. constantly becoming we should always be evolving and if you're not searching within and you're not searching up you're searching outward which then becomes that grasping that you're talking about and putting on other people's clothes which is the exact opposite of our calling do you feel like you've been sitting on the dream god has given you for far too long do you feel out of alignment or obedience because of it Or perhaps you've been spinning your wheels on how to answer God's call, but can't quite define or design it into a business. Maybe you've titled this God Dream a Ministry, one you wholeheartedly give all of your time and energy to, yet your passion isn't providing the profit you need to sustain your home, your first ministry. Do you struggle with the idea of earning money doing something you believe He'd want you to do in servanthood? Do you feel unworthy as a woman to possess wealth? Y'all, I get it. I've been in every one of those shoes, and I can promise you the moment I traded those worn-out sandals for his intended comfort, I was able to finally walk the miles it has taken to grow the dream from ideation to activation, catapulting my true passions into my full purpose. And now, while I've had a joy to group coach many women over the past couple of years in a group setting, I still sense there are missing straps to their well-made shoes. So I designed this course, the God Dream Design Course, to walk alongside you intimately until you've claimed the gift of the shoes He has always wanted for you. You're probably wondering if this is the surefire way to claim your roots and discover your wings as a kingdom entrepreneur. Why are we talking about shoes? Well, these aren't Nikes. They aren't Yeezys, whatever the kids call them these days. And I am not giving you sandals like Hermes either. God's shoes truly fly. God's shoes have limitless souls that never wear down. They are promised to get you where he has shown you that you were intended to be. 
So come along for the ride. Get out of that stuck analysis paralysis state of limitation and develop the mindsets, methods, and models to bring to life the vision he has planned for you before you were knit in your mother's womb. Sign up today for your self-paced program where I will actually provide you live coaching, a community of women to walk this journey alongside, a package of goodies right at your doorstep, and many more incredible deliverables. You can find all of the details on my site at tamraandress.com. Don't forget, Tamara is T-A-M-R-A. I got the good version. Thanks, Mom. But really, girls, it's time to fly. I promise it's as spring as it sounds. See you soon. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. So tell, talk to us about like this don't cut your bangs concept. And I, and I mentioned it at the beginning and I think when I was actually at the very beginning, my, my mic was off. So you heard me, but they didn't. And so Danielle's podcast is don't, what is it? Don't cut your own bangs. Don't cut your, don't cut your own bangs. Yeah. Your own bangs. So go through this a bit. Don't, don't cut your own bangs. So the, the, the title initially came to me thinking about, the way and this is not always little girls, but it does seem to be common that the the adult women in my life have either experienced this as children themselves, or with their own children that they get a hold of a pair of scissors. And they're like, Oh, yes, this is gonna be great. And they just whoosh, and they just chop it off. <laughs> and then usually children have a response of either doubling down no matter how bad it looks that they think it looks great or they try to cut more off to make it better. So they're making the problem worse or they try to lie. So it's like all of the bargaining things that children do when they make a mistake are still things that adults do. So it just seemed once, once I really, once that concept or, and it was funny, it was more of a story that of that visual that came to me. And I re- that's where the title, it came out of that. But once I really started to hone my message and the type of conversations I wanted to have with people, what I love talking to people about is not, you know, the before and after of a bad, ba- a bad haircut, and then an amazing haircut, because I do feel like at the time of my life where I was wanting to create a podcast, I felt like I was really getting flooded on social media with a lot of before and afters. And while they can certainly be inspiring, if you're wanting to make a change, make a financial goal, set a business goal or a weight loss goal, like, you know, 1230 at night when I'm not feeling great about myself, seeing a woman, you know, with an eight pack doing a handstand on a beach in Bali, I, that didn't translate to inspiration to me that translated into you are not doing anything with your life. You need to get it together, girl. Like, what are you doing? And so those before and afters, the thing that I was really craving was the how. What happened when it was a Wednesday at six o'clock in the morning and you didn't want to get up to work out? What happened when you weren't posing for that really cute, sweaty selfie? They're like, uh, hashtag sweaty, but like really, <laughs> you took eight photos. Like what? What did that really feel like? What was that experience from point A to point Z? Because that's the journey I'm on. Because when I compare my inner struggles with a highlight reel, I'm not going to come out feeling very good. And I'm certainly not bashing social media. I am such, particularly with in light of COVID and all social distancing, I'm so grateful for technology. And I'm a I'm very passionate about, about creating a safe space and a safe community on social media. So this is not... A, a you know a boomer bash of of social media but I'm just being honest for myself that what I'm how I'm feeling inside is going to get reflected back to me anywhere I look and social media just happens to be a place where my eyeballs fall a lot and so uh, the what really inspired me to want to have those conversations was my own desire to heal that wrestling with that am I really alone in this trying to figure this mess out part and so I wanted to have as many conversations as possible to see is this just me or is it not just me and so the podcast really became a kind of a creative initially kind of a creative challenge just to see if I could do it and then beyond that it was a vehicle that kind of gave me permission to invite someone to have a conversation that I might not normally have if you and I were like, Oh, let's do a meet and greet at Starbucks and just chat. Cause then 
I, I find that I go deeper, faster, and I have more interesting conversations with a microphone in front of me and doing this type of format than I would if we just met at a dinner party. So it just gives me a great excuse to ask strangers personal questions. <laughs> That's so good. You get your research done, right? You got to research. <laughs> That's so good. And it's so true. I've had, I'm actually coaching a podcast workshop next week. It's all in person. And these six women are coming together and they're going to unpack kind of their why and their purpose. And they're already saying yes, that they want to do a podcast or a live show or a vlog or whatever they want to do. Um, But I think they've asked me and many of them have why, like why choose this vehicle and, and what do you like most about it? Can I do it? And my favorite thing, it is this such quality time. I'm so intentional right now. Like my phone's not near me. It's not like I'm binging. I have all my notifications off. Like I am right here with you and I want to know it all. I mean, I don't know when the next time I'm going to have an hour that I just dedicated to Danielle Ireland is going to be. And so I want to make the most of it. And I think it has been such a freeing time and something I look forward to every single time I have the opportunity to do it. And I think if more people went here, there would be less isolation because I can absolutely raise my hand and say that I've scrolled and thought those exact same things. I've actually posted, not even thinking about the other person who's on the other end, but more so like wanting to provide encouragement. And I was literally just in a post of me on a handstand on the top of a mountain. <laughs> Okay. Literally, like three days ago, like three or four days ago, and and it was at sunrise on a mountain in the middle of Virginia, and the and I had people respond like, "Oh my gosh, you're so inspiring! That's incredible! You're crazy!" All of the different things, and I I did it because for me, it's about like showcasing that you can, and and that is beautiful let me I feel like I need to no I do not take offense I am the last person to take offense I think it's amazing and I see what you're saying I actually hadn't unpacked it that way so I thank you I'm serious oh sure well and it what I firmly believe to be true is that what I see in those moments when when I see evidence of my own unworthiness it is not a reflection of the post it is not a reflection of the other person it is a reflection of something I am 100% needing to feel and heal within myself. And that is, I think, often that that mislabeling of where should we place this discomfort, if I were to project that onto you, that would be where I would judge you and criticize you and or gossip about you or send maybe an unkind DM to you or, you know, a rolly eyes emoji. That is where I'm displacing my discomfort that I'm not in touch with something within me that I need to recognize. And so I, I will say um, that I today feel that feeling far less, far, far less that comparison trap or that I feel that far less, the more enriched and truly fulfilled I feel the less the less I'm looking to measure my worth against what someone is or isn't doing, whether that's in my life or on social media. And so I am am in a way so incredibly grateful for the women who did those handstands in Bali, because one of my lifelong dreams is to swim with humpback whales in Tonga. And you best believe. Yes, we're going to take a picture. (laughs) That's going to be all over the gram. All over the gram. Exactly. Stand on a mountain at sunrise. Yes. Oh my gosh, be proud. Be so proud. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. That's so true. And I guess like a part of that that part is like the journey. Like what did you do to get there? Awesome candid shot. Let like, totally Graham worthy, right? At the very same time, I did something that other people said no to that weekend because I we woke up at 2:45 in the morning and to to hike for two hours in the dark with a headlamp on up a mountain with my parents and my brother and his wife. And we had done it before. So we were like, yeah, no big deal. There, you know, we had to encourage and there's like processes of this and like you pack too many waters. We told you weren't going to be thirsty like that. Like there's like lessons and there's a lot of humility that takes place and fear and like so crazy. But that's the, that's the joy of it all. Like you're going to be swimming with those humpbacks. They're massive. I just went whale watching with humpbacks. Literally they're breaching 
like in front of my boat and I am screaming at the top of my lungs because if they just did one wrong direction, they're off my boat and it's wild and it's beautiful, but there's so many emotions that go into that one picture. Yes. So, so I, the closest I've come to that dream come true so far, if you, if anyone listening has any desire to either follow or check out my Instagram feed, you'll see if you scroll back, I'm not quite sure how far, but I have swam with whale sharks. I did a four day snorkel dive trip with whale sharks and they are anywhere between 20 and 40 feet. And that, and humpbacks are bigger. They're 60. 60 feet so I just but it's it's a dream that's going to come true in my lifetime so yes girl speak it I love it because I want to do whales I want to go to the with the whale shark so bad I've heard such amazing things I do want really want to get my like um my scuba diving license before that so that I can go deeper rather than the snorkel but I don't know if that'll happen with the kids we'll see Regardless, I just, I think that there's so much, there's so much richness to that comment and it's so true and also something that, you know, we as, you know, whatever you want to call them influencers or not, whatever you want to say, people that post on social media as an influence, right? Um, that we, we should be mindful of those things. And I don't always, I literally use that as my journal. And, and if you read, which most people don't read on Instagram, they're just looking at the picture of the handstand girl and whatever they feel they feel. But if they were to read, I do unpack it, right? So I think that there's, I think that there's beauty in sharing and we get to share in so many ways, whether it's a podcast, whether it's with your clients and in the privacy of a room. Um, it's just being with people and it's realizing that there's so much much value in another person your journeys could be absolutely completely estranged and yet there's a similarity there's a commonality and and ultimately it's the wanting to be known and the wanting to be loved and and it's us understanding and walking that out in grace day by day how does that look when you meet a stranger on the street that you're not going to sit down and have an hour podcast with like how are you activating that in your life when you don't have those opportunities Mm-hmm. So I would love, like, what other, do you have any insight? We have you. We're like, let's, this, this is Danielle's yeah. time. Tell yeah. us more about, like, your passion. Maybe now that you know that the e-course is coming, what more, how are you learning and continuing yeah. to develop that? Oh, I love that question. How am I continuing to grow and learn? So that makes me think about, I was recently asked this question, a friend of mine was like, well, how do you find a therapist? Or how do you know if you need a therapist? Or how do you know if you need a coach? Like how, what are you, what do you look for? And I don't have like a simple checklist, but I will say that the, the quality that I have a lot of friends who are incredible coaches, but the quality that either the therapist that I consider colleagues that I'll, you know, share supervise, like we'll do shared supervision, which is where we kind of share cases with one another and kind of talk through maybe challenging experiences. So either that or the therapist that I see or other coaches, the thing that they have in common, and again, I've only thought of this recently, is that they are also continued seekers, continued learners that are also doing their own work. I do, I I don't know exactly how to articulate it. I, I feel a little pause or a little reservation or hesitation when I see someone present themselves as a finished product, like here I am and I'm done. Or if, if someone refers to I've done the work, like in past tense, like I've done the work and I'm done, that's sort of like the unspoken conclusion. That always makes me, again, I'm not overly concerned, but just a little hesitant. Because if you're only, I like to think about I have the infinity symbol tattooed on my wrist, I don't think you can see it because of my watch. But I do think whether you look at it horizontally or whether you look at it vertically, this sense of, you know, what goes out goes in, what goes in goes out. And if you're only giving out advice or if you're only giving out and being of service and you're not serving yourself, filling your own cup, stretching yourself, evolving, growing, I question how effective you're going to be because I do think that what has made me probably a better therapist in life and I'm assume and that's also assuming that that I am a good therapist but I'd like to think that I am but I think a big part of that has been one my passion for learning and education and then also owning and acknowledging in a way that serves the situation to acknowledge that I am also seeking 
my own therapy. I know what it's like to sit down on the couch for the first time and look at a stranger and prepare to unpack your life. And maybe you don't know what you're going to see. And maybe that's scary. Like there's a difference between being an expert behind the curtain and being kind of human to human. And, and so I think that that's really important. And I can't remember exactly how I got there, but I, oh, that I, I appreciate and value teachers that also acknowledge their own learning or, or maybe you're even comfortable acknowledging the gaps that they're trying to fill in their own knowledge, their own expertise or their own life too. That to me, that to me, that feels safe when someone can, can go there. Cause then it just feels, it feels a little bit more authentic and a little less ego driven. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think uh, for a long time in my 20s, I w- that was not me. I was saying like, mm-hmm. oh, I've gotten, I've achieved the thing. I've done the thing. And I'm in my 20s, like so naive. But again, <laughs> wisdom is a part of like the ever becoming process, right? I, that's what I got. I had some of my, I solved all the world's problems, college, 20, 21, you know, sitting around with friends. We solved all the world's problems. If only yes. people would listen. Yes, <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. So it's so fun to like now be on this adventure through my through my coaching, through my faith life, through life in general, and being able to like journey with people. And that's where like the podcast, it's like linking arms with someone and saying, let's do this together. Let's figure this out together. What do you know that I don't? What can I teach you that like serves your life more wholly? And I love that you brought up the infinity sign. So I just learned this and I didn't know that it was a biblical sign in, in the way that it I had no idea. And so infinity to me was just like the math number, right? Like it's just, it's as big as as big as as big. Then you're speaking on it like it just has continuance, congruency, all of that. Well, I just discovered through a study that I'm learning that it's actually a part of the covenant in the way that in the old Hebrew days in the Old Testament, people, that's how people made promises. So they would make sacrifices. They would cut the animal in half. And because of the half, they would actually walk that circumference together. And it was like a pinky promise back in the day. Like that's how they made a promise towards one another's families, towards um, longevity of families. You know, people were living 900 years or whatever they said biblically during that time. And so these covenants were supposed to last generations to generation. And and I can't remember specifically what book it was that I was unpacking. It might have just been in Genesis where Abraham and God have this interaction and Abraham is dropped to sleep by God himself. And instead of them walking the covenant together, which was how it was traditionally done, God makes this promise on his own. And that is the sign of infinity that without man, I do not need you, that I will forever keep this promise because you are flesh and and imperfect. And here I am like promising you this. So I realized that. And so the fact that you have a tattoo of it, I was like, I'm getting this tattooed on my my body. My husband's like, I don't know that like when you learn something from the Bible, you're supposed to like run and go get a tattoo. And I'm like, Nah, we're heathens, right? Like it's a becoming process. I think the tattoos are beautiful and it's an expression of art. And I don't ever want to forget that there's like so many things that happen in life that are, are aha moments and realizations that are just literally gifted to you as that moment in, in your becoming process. That it's, if you, if I found out things like that 10 years from now, it would have been out of sight, out of mind because I knew it all. And so now to be in this state of constantly learning, to be in this state of like, my eyes and heart are open. What do you have to teach me today with the people that I get to be blessed to spend time with? Or not even the people, the animals, the, the environment, like anything. I'm constantly like, what do you got for me? <laughs> right? Like living that life like that is so much more fun than than eyes cast down, which I've done for, for years, and not being able to look people in the eye because I had that shame and guilt component or doing it, but literally like only for the facade. And that's like the freedom factor that I hope that people hear through this podcast is that they have an opportunity to live in abundance and live in freedom and live in the fact that we are becoming and it's okay that you're imperfect. It's actually perfect that you're imperfect and just lean into that and and learn to grow step by step. You know, I think what one of the things I've found in sort of uh, that hearing you say that expression that you're perfect in in your imperfection, or I might be paraphrasing what you what you said, but I think that for me, a big part of my healing has also been appreciating appreciating the like the phases and stages of 
of, of awareness, acceptance, acknowledging, and then acting on, on a feeling or, or acting on a new idea. Because I think it's, I can sit here in this moment in this conversation with you and I can look back in hindsight and see how those, I, I love that expression of failing forward, by the way, I'll be sure to quote you on that, but I can see how each of those moments like a domino, right? Falling forward led me to this moment and I can appreciate their beauty from this perspective. When I'm in that moment though, I do not have that. I do not have that perspective. And that's probably where my personal journey and healing is still becoming because it's, it's challenging for me in that place when I'm down on my knees and there's dust in my eyes and I'm scuffed up and I'm feeling cruddy. It's challenging in that moment to say that this is, this is perfect and this is happening to me for a reason. And yet I know that that is true. Like I'm hearing you speak it and I believe it is truth, but I, I feel like it's also so important for me to acknowledge that that's an area where I actively struggle when I'm in that place. But I think again, to go back to the phases and stages, letting that moment hurt and letting it be painful or whatever it is, it may not be pain. It could be a different emotion, but allowing that moment to be, I think for me is a big part of the acknowledging and recognizing and then accepting it for what it is. Because once I accept it for what it is, what I'm not doing is resisting it and trying to make it something different. So when, when a client is actively in grief or gosh, I have virtually every session I have with clients lately has been about COVID and, and feeling rumbling or wrestling with different stages of change and fear or unique challenges that, that are being presented with just the climate of the world. And I think trying to position panic or fear or anxiety into something else maybe doesn't allow the emotion to fully express. And I think one of the challenges that that I know I've felt personally, and I and I've heard people share too, is that, well, if I feel it, am I going to indulge in it? And what I have found is it's almost the opposite. If you were to think of like a Chinese finger trap, for example, so you're, you're, you're pulling against like your, your left hand is telling you, feel your feelings, feel your emotions. You're, you're safe to do so. And the other is logic. Like your feelings are ridiculous. You know, there's no reason to feel this way. I don't know why you're freaking out. You're just sitting on your couch watching old reruns of friends anyway, just like, and then we're just pull, 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 pull. And it's in that pull or in that resistance or another way I like to explain it since you just, you know, were visited a mountain. It would be like if the, if the, if the emotion is the mountain, you can push against it. You can try to blow up and turn it into rubble and clear the rubble. Like there's lots of ways you can avoid climbing the mountain, which is what I think going through the stages of emotion can be. But there is a path of least resistance and it's, why not just, why not just try to go up? That's so good. You're going to get to the other side. That's so good. Gosh, it's, it's hard. But I think one of the greatest gifts I've given myself, my own anxiety, my own perfectionism is to speak the truth of the emotion as it is. Because once you say it out loud, like once you really accept, like this sucks, there's kind of nowhere to go from there. Like there's no way to keep kind of fueling it. Cause maybe instead of acknowledging it, what I do is I go to friends and I just talk about how overworked and tired I am. And then, and then I, you know, uh, I don't know, then maybe I do some shopping to just to like feel a little better. And I fill the shopping cart full of things that I don't really want, but I, I got a good deal on. And, and then maybe I pour myself an extra glass of wine or two or three. And then maybe I do write all of these things to dance around the feeling that I'm not just letting myself feel, which is this sucks. Because once it's out, it kind of deflates the the pressure of the emotion. And then once it's out of me, I can look at it and then figure out some something to do with it. And maybe that thing to do is to sit with it. Maybe that thing to do is to breathe. Maybe that thing to do is to pray. Maybe that thing to do is to share with a confidant. But that action step isn't going to be clear if I'm constantly trying to dismiss it, deflect it, or package it into something else. That's so valuable and so tangible for like my marriage as you're saying that. Oh, can you hear me okay? I can hear you. I can hear you. Oh, you can hear me now. I can't hear you. You can't hear me. Oh, no, sorry. I I, I can hear myself. I can't hear you. That's so strange. 
I feel like I can read your lips. You're like, oh, that's so strange. Ah, it just went really fast. Can you hear it okay? No? Is your mic on it, mute? It's not. If anybody is online and they want to let us know if they can hear us or not, that would be awesome. I'm sorry. Ah! Hold on one second. Let's see. How about now? Oh no! It literally happened while I was talking, which is so strange. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can now. Ah! I, don't, I don't know what just changed. I don't know either. Something changed, but the people online can hear us, so that's good. Oh. <laughs> so we're sorry y'all technology you gotta love it I did not forget where we were just talking about though because that was so valuable and I think I was saying that I feel that specifically and I can hear that for my marriage because I think so often even when we can get in touch with our own emotions and we can say it out loud oh I'm exhausted our emotions and our reactions to that response often happen, right? Like, I'm exhausted, so I'm not talking, so my kids are getting the short end of the stick, so I'm not cooking dinner tonight, so I'm not doing, like, all of these other things. Like, and then if I don't learn to communicate those emotions, then it looks from the outside in, they could come up with a thousand stories of what's happening. I did something wrong. They're mad at me. Um, did I say something? And then that person is then overanalyzing the situation. So I, you said four A words, and I love like things that I picked up like this. Awareness, acceptance, acknowledge, and act. Are those in the okay. wrong order? You got the four. So um, okay. the first is awareness. So okay. you have to be aware. So yep. even to sense what's going on. And then once we are aware that we're feeling something, acknowledging what it is. Wait. Oh, Lord. Now I'm. Yep. And then accepting it. Oh, and then accept it. Accepting okay. that it's true. Yes. Accepting that it's true. Which okay. can also be thinking of it as like giving yourself permission to feel this way, which mm -hmm. is, um, I think a big, a big hurdle is that for me in particular, so you mix in a little bit of perfectionist, you mix in a little bit of type A, you also mix in some rescuing. I'm a helper. I don't need help. My job is to help others. And also a little ego, like, oh, the acronyms at the end of my name mean that I should have this all figured out and don't need to accept this help from others because this is what I do. And oh, goodness, when my husband uses things that we have learned either together in therapy or things that I've shared with him in conversation back at me when I'm being a jerk. I actually wrote a blog called uh, that time I was being a jerk. <laughs> and so it just, but it's, it's, again, it's that humility. It's just going back to that humility and then act. And so taking the action step based on those things that you're now aware of. I love that. I love that. Thank and I you. think, again, it's all of those things. And that's a consistent, like y'all, we have to do this every single day, probably multiple times a day if we really want to be in tune with who we are and in tune with the environment that's surrounding us and constantly changing. And just as they're constantly changing, we're constantly changing and that ebbing and flowing and again, back to that becoming process and it's just having freedom and, and letting go because I absolutely was a control freak forever and realizing that nothing, literally not one thing even my finances I can't control there are so many things outside of my ability to control especially the things that I want to control like relationships <laughs> or my children or my hair on any given day depending on the humidity and so it's just knowing that things that are so big and things that are so small if we can just learn to release that control through the awareness of it through the acknowledgement through the acceptance, and then to just act. And I think so often people think the act, if we want to go back to calling or back to purpose, which would circle us back to the beginning of the conversation, they think that those things have to be huge. They think that in order for you to understand your calling or your purpose or walking in the truth and the light, that it has to be this grandiose experience. You guys, that's just not true. It's simply the combination of a bunch of tiny acts. A bunch of tiny actions that put you into a place of, of something great. And so all you have to do today is the one small thing. 
And then the consistency of those small things become the great thing that you're hoping for, that vision coming to fruition, those things that you really desperately hope and are trying to manifest and have been praying for. Like they come because of each tiny little step. And just like you said for the mountain, you know, you can go up the mountain. You can go straight up the mountain. That is an option. But the trail people who create the trails, it's much longer. They do switchbacks. They do switchbacks back and forth and back and forth. So you're actually going double the distance than if you just hiked up up the mountain. But Mm -hmm. the difficulty of that on your body is so much harder. So to be okay with the fact that it's going to take a long time for you to get to that mountaintop, but it's so worth it, and people have gone before you. And again, back to that understanding of isolation, you're not doing it alone. Yeah, you know, Tony Robbins has a quote, and I don't, again, I'm not a, I'm not a huge advocate for, for Tony, but he does have a way of taking large concepts and making them concise, which is not my gift. And I love what he said, that we underestimate what we can do in a year and overestimate what we can do in a week. And I, I remind myself of that often because I think one of the ways my anxiety and perfectionism love to play with me is I'll get an idea, I'll get very excited about the idea, and the idea needs to be done tomorrow. And I don't actually think like, because I know what I'm capable of doing if I sit down and grind something out. But usually the thing that I miss are food breaks, bathroom breaks, family time, like life, like all of the other components of my life that aren't this one project. And so I'll create a timeline based on me tackling that one thing. And I will totally miss that 30,000 foot view of all of the other things, not that I've committed to, but that I also want to do that's important to have a well rounded life. And so you're right, you could blaze that bushily, bristly, barnacle trail all on your own, or maybe you could take a more well-worn path with friends and not have to do it alone. I think that's really valuable too. So, so good. And yeah, I I think Tony has some incredible things to take away from conversations as well. You guys have like literally, I hope that this conversation has just blessed you. I hope that it's kind of like brought you back to ground in the crazy that's happening because Danielle, you have a beautiful way of just like I can see why you do what you do and why it's a part of your calling. You have a very like just soothing nature about yourself. Um, And I love the way you cultivate words together. So thank you so much for just sharing with us and being present with us and becoming with us. And I'm excited to be on your Instagram. I'm going to be looking for the whale picture. So please post many (laughs) and I'll throw another handstand one your way. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's so perfect. So good. Thank you for being here. Do you have any final words? Where can they find you? Where? When can we anticipate things? So, oh, well, in, in anticipation, I have a really exciting announcement. I, okay. in one of the steps towards creating my program, I've actually created a seven-part guided journal. So it's a little part book, a little part work like um, workbook processing tool and a lot of free space to journal but it covers career love relationships family sex and purpose Ooh. and it's all, the whole the whole men like I'll say like theology behind it is to really shift from fear into curiosity and what does that look like in each of these different areas of our life and I use a compilation of kind of an amalgamation of experiences with clients to sort of set up the lesson and learning and then walk everyone through each step and there's lots of personal time and processing so I'll make sure to share that that link with you so that that can be shared out but it'll be live on my journey Sunday Sunday it goes live oh this is perfect timing yay Perfect, perfect timing and this will eventually become the course but um, there's something about putting your hand to paper and writing it down I as much as I love technology I think I'm always going to have a special place for the old school you just got to write it out and so the journal is called treasured a journal for unearthing you and so it's just all about unearthing those little hidden gems inside. And yeah, you can find me on my website, DanielleIreland.com. I'm also on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Pinterest. There's lots of fun ways you can connect with me and 
And yeah, I, I really appreciate your time. This was an absolute gift just to sit and reflect and share because these are my favorite types of conversations. Yes, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for taking the time. And you guys have to check her out on all the places. I'll be tagging all the links here in just a second on this live and then on all the podcast stuff coming out too. So thanks for tuning in, y'all. We have some listeners, active listeners on there. We see you. I promoted your comments. Y'all are the best. Thanks for being here. See you later. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.